0: Sleep improvements are one of them. Everyone gets sleep improvements. Most people report something to the effect of, you know, I used to sleep eight or nine hours. It was okay. Now I'm sleeping like seven and a half and it's amazing. It compresses and gets really, really efficient. Um, And they're waking up, you know, early in the morning now without an alarm, refreshed and and, they can fall asleep at will. And then everyone gets better executive function tone too. So if you have ADHD, it eliminates it. But if you don't have ADHD, it means you have more control at the edges of your performance. When you're fatigued, when you're stressed.
1: Hey gang, on our high performance tip today, we're chatting with Dr. Andrew Hill, one of the top neuroscientists for neurofeedback and brain health in today's world. And we chat about how brain scanning and brain mapping is healing people. It is doing amazing things for people with ADHD, coming in and having a few sessions and actually completely removing ADHD from children and adults. Uh, It is healing people with alcohol problems, brain trauma, chemical trauma, emotional trauma, predicts Alzheimer's um, and dementia years and years and years in advance. And neuroscience and brain scanning and brain mapping are making huge shifts to the performance that people have in their own personal lives. And in today's tip, Andrew goes into the specifics about how it's really, really transforming people's lives. Let's hop into it with Dr. Andrew Hill. But it, do I really know if my brain's healthy? And you don't, unless you get it scanned properly, right? You don't know. And It's and,
0: hard to know. Yeah. yeah. It's a little hard to know for a bunch of reasons. One is if you actually have a real problem, like an injury, about half of those are silent until you actually develop symptoms, you know, a decade later or something, mm. where tear accumulates. Like in CTE, NFL guys don't have don't have any uh, symptoms for a decade, you know, a lot of the time. Or in other cases of you know, injury-driven phenomena, there's uh, some, some evidence that eating well, disorders might be injury-driven. For instance, a decade later, you're getting anxiety, sleep issues, eating disorders. If you have a major brain injury or a major psychiatric problem, maybe an MRI or a SPECT or something, will find it. But if you're dealing with some like mild stuff or things that aren't necessarily a problem, a disease state like... You're seeing ADHD or anxiety or aging. You know, those are normal features of having brains. You know, they're not necessarily disease states. So those things don't show up on MRIs and spec scans and x-rays and those kinds of things. So it's reliable, for instance, to come in with severe ADHD, three to four standard deviations out of range in executive function control or severe anxiety or major sleep issues. And in three to four months, have no symptoms and be performing above average on executive function tests. Wow. And have be a permanent change at that point.
1: Wow. That's classic.
0: Amazing. That's the typical case, not the occasional case. So it, there's, there's evidence showing it brings up creativity dramatically uh, in the literature. There's evidence showing that it helps the chronically over-aroused, burnt-out alcoholic who can't fall asleep without a drink or settle down rebuilds that GABA-ergic tone quickly. And in my experience, within a week or two, the alcoholic who couldn't fall asleep without a drink can fall asleep voluntarily wherever they, they want and whenever they want after that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's agency here. You're, you're, you're being given control of your brain. It's not value. It's not psychology or medicine. It's not talking about what's right what or wrong. It's about what's real. And we, we're so used to looking at our brains as a mysterious thing. I think we should look at them like our shoulders and our biceps and our abs and our cardiovascular health and our lung capacity and our VO2 max and our, you know, VLDL oxidation risk for cholesterol and our APOE2 and 4 status for, you know, oxidation of amyloid beta in our brains driving Alzheimer's. I mean, these are all things we know about. And many of us do actually control control, uh, oxidized fats and control health and stress and biohack the system. And we've been doing this since we had systems to modify. We've been modifying our brains and bodies since we had them. We have more information now about how to do that. And there's been no other time where it's been more accessible to actually control your brain. So the gross resources, stress response, attending, sleep onset and depth, clarity of thought, banishing brain fog, stamina late in the day, word finding, resilience, and other odd things you can do brain down like chronic pain or immune function or... know, some pretty sophisticated things that are often psychological, like OCD or PTSD are very tractable. So that's, that's the sort of, um, you know, evangelistic disruptive call to action here is to, uh, you know, take control, shift happens, get yours. Right. (laughs) Uh,
1: Nate, I know you mentioned people with like ADD or other disorders that have really made incredible shifts, but say, you know, for the average Joe wants to get a brain scan, what type of changes have they made in their just regular lives?
0: Almost no matter what else you'll get from neurofeedback, you'll get a bunch of broad things that will also happen. It's kind of like no matter what you want to get out of the gym. You know, if you start working out, a bunch of things okay. happen. Your sleep gets deeper, your balance improves, that kind of thing, you know, at the gym. And a bunch of very similar things shift in neurofeedback. Um, sleep improvements are one of them, at least the way that I work, um, because I work very foundationally at first anyways. Everyone gets sleep improvements whether or not you want them. Most people report something to the effect of, you know, I used to sleep eight or nine hours. It was okay. Now I'm sleeping like seven and a half and it's amazing. You know, like it compresses and gets really, really efficient. And they're waking up, you know, early in the morning now, got an alarm, refreshed, and and, they can fall asleep at will. And so I work hard on the onset, the depth, and the sort of timing of sleep people a lot because I think it's a core feature. And then everyone gets better executive function tone too. So if you have ADHD, it eliminates it. But if you don't have ADHD, it means you have more control at the edges of your performance when you're fatigued, when you're stressed, when thing 11 hits you, when you're planning on working with nine things, you know? It's it's that edge of performance. The highest performers that I work with, um, I mean, people like Ben Greenfield, like can be public about, uh, or Stephen uh, Benjamin, is an athlete, an athlete. A few of these high-level folks, they're not. They're, there's no issue with their performance at a population level, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of these people do show brain stuff. There's you know wear and tear when you're an athlete, especially the athletes. You know, it's often wear and tear. Almost all of them. A couple of folks I've been shocked to you know, we make it their job to hit their head, haven't had brain issues. I'm not sure why, but almost everyone who's a little bit physical, you know, will have a little wear and tear but it doesn't mean it's like a brain injury per se. You can think of it as, you know, akin to like an athlete having some, sh- you know, scar tissue in their knee or their shoulder that aches here and there is, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's constraining performance. So in the case of mild wear and tear, it means you are not sleeping deeply or bit th- brain fog Your afternoons, you know, you wear out in the afternoon instead of at six or seven or eight or nine or 10 PM you're hitting a wall at one or two. That's not that uncommon, you know? And I find that the average person does have some pretty core basic things about half the time and deepening sleep, improving the onset and offset of sleep um, is very, very core for shoring up all those broad resources. And then I work on resilience, you know, the executive function components that are about turning on and off the resources so you can handle things changing dynamically much more easily. And you can also handle things not changing. So there's a vigilant circuit we tend to work on for everyone, as well as a more inhibitory tone, if you will, circuit. So it's kind of like giving you slightly better gas and slightly better brakes in the car and steering. Yeah. So when you do that, everything starts to change in your life. So just like after the gym, your first real big foray into fitness, physical fitness, you know, three weeks, and you're like, oh my gosh, my balance feels different. My sleep was different last night. That was weird. <laughs> when you're just your brain about two weeks in, well, A, you have really lovely dreams that you want to kind of go back to sleep and find out what happens next and, you start shrugging off all the tolerance to any cannabis and stimulants and anything else you've worked on for years that you've built up tolerance to. And then stuff starts to shift. And even if you didn't have a problem with your stress response or your depth of sleep or your impulsivity or your you know speed of processing, you can still work on those things. And so you start becoming more yourself and it becomes A, easier to do exactly the same thing you were doing before mentally. That's the first thing that happens mm-hmm. is you're suddenly able to exert much, much less for the same kind of performance. And then you find that you're leaning into performance you didn't know you had. The joke I tell is that, you know, yeah, I take you out of a VW bug and put you in a Tesla and oh my gosh, you're driving changes. <laughs> you know, like you figure it out. Some, of the, some people often ask me questions and what they're really asking is why don't I need, I need therapy to fix my ADHD, my anxiety, my sleep or whatever it is, because that's You've been part of the process for them. And I usually sort of point out that once they have the resource out of the way, my hunch is that they'll use their new resource. And uh, that, is, that is true most of the time. I mean, in acute stuff, you don't want to just do neurofeedback. It's like you might need physical therapist or, you know, a, a movement therapist or something, not just a, a personal trainer, depending on what your goals are. A lot of the therapists I work with consider neurofeedback adjunctive in that um, the neurofeedback sort of helps the, the person's brain get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Impulsivity, distress, whatever it is. So you can do the therapy work. But my high performers, you know, <laughs> at least most of them don't think they have any problems. The CEOs, the, the multi, you know, figure income guys, of course, the, right? <laughs> the, ben, the Ben Greenfield, all these super high end guys that are incredibly performant, incredibly successful by any metric and by multiple metrics. You know, you pick someone like Ben, business, lifestyle, personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got everything dialed in. He's an incredibly well-adjusted guy who's in unbelievable shape, who's crushing it in business. And, and he's, he's really nice. He's actually a really nice guy. But even these folks that come in with everything dialed in, I look at the brain and go, oh, look at this. You've got a little bit of, uh, you know, a lot of times the CEO types have a touch of rumination or perseveration. And it's not that you have to get rid of that, but if it's suck on more than you want, you can unclench it and then spin it up when you want to spin it up and be Steve Jobs and be hyper-focused and rigid, and then go home and put it down. That's the problem that CEOs have, that the high performing intellectuals have and, and business owners is they, yeah. they're, they're really good at ramping up those switching circuits, the threat detection, the assessment, the categorization, the, you know, the strategic thinking, the hyper focus, the rumination. They're really good at turning those things on. They're not so good at turning those things off, <laughs> right? Yeah. So a lot of my job for some of those people is go, oh, here are some of the circuits that get tweaked. They can get tweaked sometimes and produce PTSD or OCD. Not true for this person. This person's just running at like 120 miles an hour all the time because of 10 years of running Elon Musk style multitasking. Um, (laughs) And they probably haven't learned, there's no longer any intermediate speeds and it's quite stressful. They often come to me not because there's any performance issues, because they feel like they're exerting quite a lot. And there's not enough flexibility to be as patient with their spouse or kids or other business or other thing they have to do. Or they've kind of forgotten the joy of what they're doing because they've been grinding for two to four years, especially those mm-hmm. especially the early entrepreneurs that I work with, those really high-powered guys in Silicon Beach, Silicon Valley, some of the guys from, from Texas oil, you know, startups. A lot of these guys that work really hard and grind in the startup mode that we, we have to do these days mm-hmm. will work incredibly hard for one to two years and then keep doing that for startups, or they'll hit that sweet spot, and I use that term ironically, of about two to five years in their companies which is when you have to go from a small to a large company. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is, a, that is a time at which you actually have to start working harder than you had to work at the beginning.
1: Right, right.
0: Because you aren't yet scaled up to handle the company you're trying to become. <laughs> you have the resources to scale up to become that company and yet you need to create those resources.
1: Okay guys, I want to leave you with that. Plenty of statistics there showing you how brain health is transforming with neuroscience and brain scanning. If you like what you're hearing and want to make sure you don't miss out on any of these high-performance tips, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. See you on the next episode.